So this is our dog, Dash. I've talked a lot. I've talked more about Dash in my sermons than probably my own kids, you know what I mean? Um, many of you have gotten to know Dash uh, through me. Um, Dash is my son's dog. We got Dash for Joey. He's kind of like an only child. He's our fifth child. And so we said, you know, he kind of needs a companion, a friend, um, someone who can kind of hang out with him. We're going to get him a dog. And so we got this dog, Dash. But for whatever reason, you guys know this, dogs attach themselves to one person in the family. And I wish it were my son, but it's not. My dog's alpha is me. Wherever I go, he goes. When I say come, he comes. I oftentimes will feed him. Yes, sometimes I'll tell him no, Dash. He follows me. I'm his master. Now, sheep and dogs are very similar, are they not? Although dogs are a lot smarter than sheep. And just as a dog needs a master, so sheep need a, you say it, shepherd. They need a master too. Yeah. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, I am the what? You say it. Good shepherd. Now, when he was talking about it in this context, and he had people listening to what he had to say, there were shepherds and sheep all around Palestine as Jesus said this. He said, I am the good shepherd. People looking around, well, I see a shepherd over there and sheep. I see a shepherd over there and sheep. I mean, they were as prominent as Starbucks in the city of Arvada. I mean, right? I mean, sheep and shepherd all over the place. And people knew the difference between a good shepherd and one that wasn't so good. What was the difference? Well, one that wasn't so good was a hireling. Really didn't care much about the sheep. Allowed them to wander didn't feed them consistently. If someone came, a predator came or an intruder came, he'd run the other way. He wouldn't protect the sheep. That is a bad shepherd. But what is a good shepherd? We're going to be talking about a good shepherd, not only in Palestinian days when Jesus was preaching, but how he is our good shepherd today. Here's the first major point I want you to write down. The good shepherd knows the worst about us, about the sheep. The good shepherd knows the worst about the sheep. When you go back to Jesus' day, a shepherd of sheep knew the ornery sheep. He knew the anxiety-ridden sheep. He knew the sheep that were afraid of anything, just a quick burst or someone moving quickly. He knew the sheep that were stubborn and wouldn't follow the voice of the good shepherd. He knew about the sheep that would wander away. All of these different kinds of sheep, the shepherd knew very, very well. He knew them intimately. He knew their characteristics. He knew their disposition. He knew their attitude. He knew their quirks. He knew their abilities. He knew their weaknesses. He knew everything about the sheep. Now our good shepherd knows the worst about us too. He knows those of you here today who are a little bit ornery in your relationship with God who will say, well, God can tell me what to do, but I'm not necessarily going to do it. He knows those of you here today that are anxiety-ridden, that know you're supposed to trust God with all your heart, soul, and mind, but sometimes you take too much upon yourself, and you stress out, and you worry about stuff, and you're anxiety-ridden. He knows that about you too, some of you. He knows those of you here today who are just filled with fear, who can't think about the future, because the future is scary for you. He knows about you folks as well. 
He knows some of you here today that are stubborn regarding the direction of his life, what God wants you to do. And God may say, I want you to go this direction, but as a stubborn sheep, he'll say, no, I really don't want to do that. I'm not going to submit to your counsel. I'm not going to submit to your will. I'm not going to do what you say. I'm going to do my own thing. And then, yes, he knows that some of you wander, that during the week, you do what you want to do. You say what you want to say. You are a wandering sheep. Some of you are ready to check out of Christianity today. And unless the pastor, Pastor Dave, really comes through with a great sermon, you're saying, you know, Christianity doesn't work for me. I'm really not going to implement these things anymore. I'm not going to come to church anymore. I'm not going to read the scriptures anymore. I'm a wandering sheep. I'm breaking away. And all of us, through our disobedience, are rebellious sheep. We're sinful sheep. We sometimes say things that we regret. We sometimes carry out thoughts that are ungodly and wrong. We sometimes do things that inflict hurt upon other people. By the way, I want to say this right now. I guess I've inflicted hurt on some of you by what I've said or done. I, I don't know how. But I know that's true. I am imperfect. And I want to tell you, if I've hurt you or offended you in any way, I am sorry. And I apologize. That's never been my intention. And you're probably thinking, where did that come from? Somebody told me right before church, there's some people that I've offended and I don't even know it. I'm sorry. I take that before you and I plead for your forgiveness. I'm a man who is sinful and error prone just like you. I'm a fallen sheep, a wandering sheep, a broken sheep, a sinful sheep, just like you. And so what do we do with that? We confess that before God. We bring our sins. We bring the orneriness, the rebelliousness, the waywardness, the anxiety, the fear. We bring it all before our good shepherd and we say, there it is. This is what I've done. This is who I am. I'm a wandering sheep. I'm a battering ram. I've broken your laws. I've offended your ways. I've not kept your truths. I am a bruised and battered and broken sheep. How many of you are bruised and battered and broken sheep today? Raise your hand. I have good news for you. I have wonderful news for you. Here comes the good news. Even as our good shepherd knows the worst about us, he lays down his life for us still. You go back to Jesus' illustration of a good shepherd. What did a good shepherd do if he really cared about the sheep? Well, intruders and predators would come. Thieves would want to steal the sheep and make money. And the good shepherd knew that. And what would he do? He would fight against them and he'd defend the sheep. And if he had to, he would even defend them even to the point of, you say it, death. Nobody's going to take my sheep. Nobody's going to steal them away. If a wolf or a lion would come, what would he do? He'd fight them off, he'd defend them, and if need be, he'd fight them to the point of death. He'd literally lay down his life for the sheep so that they could be saved and protected. We have intruders in our life too, don't we? Temptation comes our way and we find ourselves falling and sinning, and the shame and guilt is very real. Sometimes we're overwhelmed, as we said before, with anxiety and fear. 
Sometimes the icy grip of death frightens us, and we wonder, is there really victory beyond defeat? Is there really eternal life? How can I be sure I'm saved? How can I be sure I'm going to heaven? How can I be sure that I'm saved from the wrath to come? How can I be sure? Here's how you can be sure. Jesus Christ, our good shepherd, defends us to the point of death. He came to this world. He lived a life that we have broken commands. He kept them get commands for us. And then he went to the cross and he laid down his life for each and every one of us. He is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Christ died once for all, the just one, for we who are unjust, in order that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive three days later. The Bible says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement, the punishment that we deserve because of our sin was all laid on him. Jesus Christ literally laid down his life for you. He loves you that much. Defending off those evil foes of the guilt of sin, the fear of death, the power of Satan. It's all washed away. Your sins are forgiven. He walked out of the tomb and marched into hell telling Satan, you are defeated. Amen? I love it. Thanks for saying that, man. <laughs> You're a bunch of Lutherans. You don't respond much. I love it when you do, though. Yeah, he walked into hell. He said, give me the keys to hell and death. You're not going to spoil my sheep anymore. You're not going to attack my sheep anymore. You're not going to offend my sheep anymore. They belong to me because I am the good, you say it, shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. So he said to Satan, give me the keys to hell and death. And Satan had to hand him over. And then he walked out of the tomb and he defeated death, and he walks into our lives right now, this very day, with his love and comfort and grace and forgiveness, H-C-I-T. How cool is that? We can't just sit there like a bump on a log and not be moved by the Spirit of the living God moving in your hearts, telling you your identity is found in Jesus Christ. Not in what you do, not in what you say, not in how successful you are, not in the kind of house you live in, the kind of car you drive. Your identity is found in Jesus. And you can stand boldly before God and say, I'm a child of God. I'm a lamb of the good shepherd. He's leading me. He's guiding me. He's feeding me. He's sustaining me. He's comforting me. He's forgiving me all my sins. Why? Because he laid down his life at Calvary's cross for you, his precious sheep. So now what? Now, right this in, he sees the best in us. He sees the best in you. Write it down. Did I tell you guys to get out the outline, by the way? Yeah, write it down. Sees you. Through the merits of Jesus, your sin is in front of you, his grace is in front of him. Let me say that again. Your sin is in front of you, God's grace is in front of his eyes. And he robes you in the righteousness and purity of his son. Your sin has been taken care of. 
Jesus shed his blood to take it away, and you are right in the eyes of God, standing pure and holy in the eyes of God, not because of what you've done, but because of what Jesus has done for you. Um, we had a, a great family reunion last week, and our little grandson Shiloh is three years old. And he gets dirty. He gets into stuff. He runs around. Um, he's built like a Mack truck, uh, a two-and-a-half-foot Mack truck. I mean, this kid is huge. He is ripped. I mean, he has a big double-barrel chest, you know. Um, he came out of uh, his bedroom the other day at our house kissing, kissing his guns. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. I mean, this kid is ripped, but he's also dirty, and he gets into stuff. And every night he has to have a bath. And so he came out of the bathtub, came downstairs, looked at us, and I said, you clean up good, Shiloh. You know what he said? That's because my daddy washed me. (laughs) You know what I can say about all of you? You clean up good. Because your heavenly Father has washed you, cleansed you, forgiven you. Sometimes people walk out of this church and they say, I feel good when I get out of here. Man, I hope so. Sometimes people say, your sermons don't apply to me. Man, I I hope that's not the case, especially today. The Word of God is so applicable, and forgive me again if I have not done my job in making the Word of God at a grassroots level that applies to your life. Man, I try hard. We try hard to make sure the Word of God applies to your life, and sometimes we fail. And I apologize for that again. So here you go. Here's two take-home points that are life application that you can take with you today. Here it is. So find joy. Find joy in this relationship. Christians ought to be the most joyous people on the planet. Part of the reason we should be joyful is, number one, we know where we came from, from the eyes of God. Number two, we know why we're here to glorify and honor God. And number three, we know where we're headed. We're headed to heaven. You aren't an accident, freak of science, part of the evolutionary process. You are a child of God, molded and shaped by God inside your mother's womb. And that should make you feel like your life has purpose and meaning. When you face difficulties in life, you face them with the strength and accompaniment of the Spirit and the power of the living God and the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. When things enter your life, nothing enters your life that God doesn't permit. And he permits it sometimes to mold and shape your character and draw you closer to him. And you know that you're headed to a better place. All these things are reasons, powerful reasons, that you can walk around with a smile on your face, a joy in your heart, and a hop to your step because Jesus Christ lives and he is your good Shepherd. That gives me great joy. We sing that song every once in a while in this service. Knowing you, Jesus, knowing you, there is no greater thing. You're my all. You're the best. You're my joy. You're my righteousness. And I love you, Lord. Do we not love our good shepherd. Yes, indeed. We love him with all our heart, soul, and mind. And when we fail, he forgives us. When we wander, he finds us. When we're anxiety-ridden, he carries us. Our good shepherd rocks. 
If you don't get anything else out of this sermon, walk out of this place knowing that our good shepherd rocks. And may he rock your world with grace and peace and love and hope and joy and contentment and security and consolation and need I go on and on and on. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So find joy in this relationship, but find rest. How many of you just get to the end of the week, you don't have to show your hands, but you get to the end of the week and you're just so tired, just overwhelmed with the stresses and pressures of life, so much so that you can hardly breathe. But in the middle of it all, I have a Savior. You have a Savior who gives you rest. Rest at his feet. Find peace in him. When the stresses of the day are overwhelming, remember you have a good shepherd that will carry you through it. And oh, how he loves you. Our good shepherd knows the worst about you. But he laid down his life for you at the cross. Now he sees the best in you. And you can find joy and rest in your relationship with him. Leave this place today. Joy in your heart. Rest in your soul. Because Jesus is and forever will be your good shepherd. Amen? Father, we just thank you so much for the power of your word. Your word speaks to us, God, not because of uh, not because of the authenticity of anyone who delivers it, but simply because your word stands alone. Your word comforts us. And today, God, my biggest desire is that everyone would leave this place knowing that they have an amazing, astounding, awesome, wonderful, incomparable good shepherd named Jesus Christ who loves them profoundly. Oh God, let them leave this place being embraced, held, guided, and sustained by your amazing grace, Lord Jesus Christ, our good shepherd. In your precious name, we pray all these things. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus to life everlasting.